This week on the show, we are very excited to be joined by Dan Kennedy. Dan is a celebrity uh, and portrait photographer. Um, he's shot for numerous magazines and titles that everyone would have heard of, from the Sunday Times through to the Hollywood Reporter. He talks to us today about his systems that he's put in place and how he runs his business and how he stays motivated. So sit back and enjoy. All right, Greg. Hey, Snotty, how are you doing? Oh, mate, I'm honestly so bunged up. I, I've got I've got to apologise, A, to you, B, to Dan, our guest, and C, to you wonderful audience. I have, for some reason, yesterday feeling absolutely fine, but today have woken up with the cold of the century, just as we needed to record the next episode. So that's gone, that's gone really well. So if I do drop out... <laughs> it's because you're... It's because I need to... S- s- sniffing loudly. <laughs> I mean... I think it's, it's, we're, we're, we're finally entering kind of cold weather winter time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Winter, winter feels like it's going to be coming pretty soon. Winter is coming, Tom. It is. And and you are a photographer of the summer months. (laughs) I mean, I do, I do. I don't know Game of Thrones well enough to (laughs) paraphrase that. Yeah. I was going to say, have you seen the show? (laughs) Not many photographers in it. No, no, but But um, it would have been better if there were. Um, (laughs) No, so this week we have Dan on the show, don't we? Um, we do. And it's quite a long episode. Uh, well, a long episode. It's, you know, it's about an hour. Um, as, you, as usual. Uh, he's he's just got a lot of good stuff to chat about, really. Um, what a nice chap, eh? Really nice guy. And there's some great kind of uh, nuggets in here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was, that, that was an episode callback. Oh, I was know, impressed. You know. I was impressed. If you know, you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, the OG yeah. ex- ex-Neg crew. <laughs> uh, there were some really good nuggets in there of, of kind of his approach to shoots and some of the systems he's put in place. And yeah, just uh, really, I found it really helpful, actually. I, I took loads of notes. Um, as ever, the show notes will be up. Um, so check them out. And um, yeah, any other news? We, we We're... We're move. We're moving over to Acast, don't we? Should we say that? No, we we, are, we, we have moved. We are now we with a new, we are now with a new uh, service provider for the podcast, and hope I don't think it'll make any difference to the listeners, but hopefully it will. Who, right. who knows? I, I've I've never. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> no, you just told me to do it, so I did it. <laughs> it's the old jump <laughs> off a cliff conundrum. <laughs> But yeah, no, so we're, we're basically trying to ramp these up and, and become a bit more regular with them. Things now, yes. hopefully, are going to be a bit... We're, we're just trying to balance it a bit more because actually we love doing this show, as we've talked about before, but it's just trying to find the time. But we're, yeah. we're, we're making a concerted to, effort. I have to apologise because we had two absolute blinders um, scheduled for this week and I've had to cancel them because I've suddenly got to go away. But they will be back. They are with two... Uh, really, really talented, but quite different photographers. Yeah. Um, and we'll record them soon, and they'll be up. So we've got them, and we've got a couple in scheduled already for the new year. So actually, we've we've got we've got about eight episodes we're going to be uh, bringing out with with um, you know straight off the bat. So eight excellent episodes, indeed. So you've got loads of stuff to look forward to. Um, but this one is a blinder, so give it a listen. Um, and if you want to f- see any of the information that uh, that Dan mentions, any of the um, names, etc., there will be links in the show notes. Um, and if you could hear that silence, that was because Tom threatened to sneeze and didn't. And now he's coughing. 
and now yep. he's back. So, but 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 <laughs> due to the magic of podcasts, you guys would never know. <laughs> well, listen. Without further ado, listen to the wonderful Dan Kennedy. This week on the show, we are very lucky to be joined by British photographer Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy is a best known really as a celebrity photographer that's shot for both the Saturday and Sunday Times and magazines such as The Hollywood Reporter, quite often gracing their covers, in fact. He's been shooting in the UK for well over, how many years, Dan, is it you've been working, would you say? 20, maybe, about 20. Yeah, okay. And you started um, in kind of the humble newspaper room, didn't you, from what I understand? Is that your kind of background? Talk us a little bit through your journey into photography. I did, yeah. I um, <clears throat> I got a I got a job as a runner when I was eighteen at the local uh, newspaper in Norfolk, which is where I'm from. Uh, so I was kind of running faxes. Not want to show my age, but there were fax. I was running faxes <laughs> around the newsroom, uh, and um, I was super interested in photography. And I used to sort of linger past the dark room where there was like a hive of activity. And I um, I managed to uh, just sort of sweet talk the people in the dark room, and eventually. Um, also sweet talk the uh the the woman that ran the um like the the, the live music page so i've blagged a pass for the uh for the local live music venue and i gave the shots that i took to the to the paper for free in return for film so it was quite a good kind of quid pro quo i mean i barely knew what i was doing but uh, <laughs> it was um yeah that was my that was my kind of that was sort of my intro into photography really um i i, I did that um uh, for for probably about six months and then i went to london and did a photography course and <clears throat> and then the actually the eastern daily press the newspaper phoned me in the last sort of tranche of that course and said um and said hey we've got a staff job that's uh, that, that's come up do you want it and so i sort of dropped everything in london picked it back to norfolk and uh kind of couldn't believe my luck i got given you know a staff camera bag full of you know my, my hand-picked selection of kit and uh, i got a company car and you know i went to sainsbury's and was able to buy whatever i wanted you know it's like kind of heaven to for, uh, for to a certain extent you know yeah because i mean obviously that's a it's almost like an apprenticeship doing it that way and it's a it's a tough way to learn kind of on the job because you obviously you make mistakes and everyone does when they're starting off doing that kind of work but you also probably learn better from having made those mistakes yourself right absolutely i think really well put you know that that that's exactly it i think you're you're thrown right into it you're you know i was shooting around five jobs a day um shooting on a couple of old nikon fm2s um uh shooting on on hp5 film and processing that film myself um in in the local regional darkroom in great yarmouth um and then i'd make a print of the selected shot and then i would photocopy the print and then i would fax the photocopy of the print to the head office and if they liked it they'd send a motorbike courier to come and pick up the negative so there was kind of uh yeah it was um thinking back you know that was kind of um it's pretty technical stuff you know you used to be um you know used to be kind of um really multitasking i guess um but but yeah in terms of learning as you go when you're shooting that much from a you know a local football game at two o'clock and then in the morning you're doing like you know uh Susan and Peter's diamond wedding anniversary or whatever you, you're you're using a whole range of skill sets there you know so I think it's a it, yeah it's like an expedited kind of learning curve and as you say you've got got room to sort of muck up you know fire at the local hotel and you're like shit I didn't put any film in my camera you know you'll, you'll never do that again <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't I actually didn't do that at a fire at the local hotel but I did do it at a um a, a, an athletics um 
a, like a, an athletics event and I was using two cameras and I just got back to the dark room and that fateful kind of loose feeling on the oh, winding wheel oh, on the top no. left. And, uh, you know, I, I never did it again. I, I, I never, I never made that fuck up. Did you again. at least, did you have film in one of the cameras or I was did. it no film? I okay. Did, yes. Oh, okay. There, oh, was fine. A few, there, there was a few tears, but everything was sort of 24 mil, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's a lesson straight there. Always, always have two camera bodies. <laughs> yeah. I guess a modern, modern equivalent is turning up without a, um, you know, you're just getting ready to shoot and you turn on the camera and you haven't got a card in the camera or the classic, if you don't, some camera settings, if you don't turn it off, you can end up actually shooting frames without a card in the camera, which for me is one of those things where it's one of the first settings always change in the menu is like, cannot shoot without the card. Yeah. You know, because then at least you know that you're not going to accidentally f- shoot off five frames and realize later that there's no card in the camera. You know, yeah, what, right. <laughs> you know what, though? Obviously, so many things have changed. Now, do you even use a media? I mean, obviously, I know you probably use SSDs, but I assume you just tether everything. Yeah, I still shoot to cards sometimes. I was on a shoot with a um, a celebrity that shall remain nameless recently who was so difficult to photograph that I just yanked the cable out of the camera and said, come over to the window with me and sort of, um, you know, push, put the, push put, them out. Okay. <laughs> push them out. There you go. <laughs> now, that would have been genius, actually. It would have solved all my problems. Um, put the shutter on to fast and uh, just, you know, blast the hell out of the situation. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I do actually. I do. I do shoot to cards sometimes. And uh, I'm sure the same with you guys. You know, sometimes the setup of dual monitors and tether cables and uh, and then this kind of thing can ca- cause a few problems so sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's better to maybe get rid of a few people unplug the tether cable and you know do a bit of a we come in peace it's all lo-fi around here you know that can yeah, sometimes yeah. save course. the moment you know i think i think with newspaper photography specifically as a as a vocational training as well as you said, it it does mean that you end up covering all sorts of events and all sorts of situations. Have you found that that's been kind of, I mean, I know a couple of portrait photographers with newspaper backgrounds and they are very good at their job because they quite often are used to problem solving very quickly and also working in situations which aren't necessarily fully under their control i guess that comes from kind of going to some you know as you said photographing uh, uh dennis and marjorie's wedding anniversary and you turn up and they're in a windowless room or they're you know they're you know it's at night in the winter and you haven't got your lights or whatever like do you find that that has helped you know that kind of problem solving did you feel like you 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 were kind of hit with a lot of scenarios in your younger days and that's kind of helped out now or hundred percent yeah absolutely and 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 you're really right you know it's it's um it's developing this broad skill set which, which means that you're sort of ready to be reactive and i i kind of pretty much know that within the kind of rolodex of people that a photo director might choose you know i know that when they're thumbing through the list they're like oh i've got bob i've got dave i've got p or oh, there's dan kennedy i know that i might get picked for either how I am with the talent or the mm-hmm. speed at which I might get something. They might mm-hmm. be like, oh, we'll put Kennedy on it because we'll know he will get something, you know. And that absolutely comes from that newspaper uh, kind of cutting your teeth, you know, where where things move very, very quickly. And so it's a cross between a sort of a charm offensive and a really fast way of working, you know. Mm. Uh, 
So we always travel with a piece of black velvet and sometimes literally as said talent is on their way out the door my assistant will i'll give the nod and they'll just quickly hold the piece of black velvet you know behind us just get one more really quick shot just stay there for two seconds really in close tight portrait black velvet you know that's one extra shot that you know they might even still be moving slightly you know yeah. at that point but you know we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're always prepped uh, we're not in every situation but you know for, for that's a, a that's a great little kind of bag of tricks thing yeah i do, do you sometimes though it can be a bit frustrating when you've got i've got certain picture editors that send me on assignments that they turn around and say yeah well, well we went to you because it was a bit of a tricky one and it's like oh it's it's nice nice that you know that i you can trust me with it but at the same time you only seem to give me the tricky ones yeah <laughs> so well yeah there is that yeah absolutely no I, yeah no without a doubt definitely there was a magazine that used to send me on, I won't say which title, and I won't say because people would be fun to find out who the picture editor was, but I used to get sent, we've not met in person, but I'm quite a big guy, and so I would get sent to the people they knew were going to be difficult. Like, I got, I, I kind of went through a spate of my career of photographing murderers, fighters, you know, like proper, <laughs> like tough guys. And would be like, no, we'll send you, because I don't reckon they'll, you know, don't reckon they'll give you any shit. <laughs> I was just like, oh, wicked, great, thanks, guys. I'm a bit of a lover, not a fighter, so I kind of walk into these guys' rooms, and I accidentally, there was a guy I photographed in Birmingham who had a parrot who he'd trained to uh, alert him when the police had turned up. Again, no names. But I accidentally stood up and kicked this parrot across the floor. Long story, but he basically was just like, oh, it's a good job, you're so big. And I was like, yeah, damn right it is. I just kick, me, kick your parrot. So, oh, yeah. My God, amazing. Parrot was fine, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, everything please, don't, please don't write in. Um, <laughs> so in terms of kind of your background then and, and the, that kind of early start in newspapers, what do you think it, uh, if, if you were to kind of draw some lessons out that you kind of um, you learned from that, is there anything in there that you kind of, well, not even from there, but in the last few years as well, is there anything that you've learned in your career that you kind of wish you'd known a bit sooner? Yeah, I think um, I, I think a lot of stuff, you know, I think, um, I mean, I didn't assist. So I sort of came, uh, I came through in a sort of a bit of an awkward way, really. I, I worked on, on the local paper and, and um, as I said, they positioned me in Great Yarmouth, which um, <clears throat> is not one of the most desirable seaside locations in the uh, in the UK. It wasn't to me anyway. I'm sure it is to some people. Um, and I, I wanted to go to the head office. And um, they said to me, the boss said, oh, that's dead man's shoes, i.e. there's no chance of you getting in there. So I quit and I went to work at a news agency in Nottingham. Uh, and um, I, I, I learned a lot more very quickly there it had gone from being kind of fire at the local hotel in norfolk through to sort of light aircraft crash over lincolnshire and suddenly we were into longer lenses and uh being a, a lot more kind of uh, competitive with the local news agency so um and there was a lot less scope to sort of muck up we were the we were the agency that that um that the national newspapers would ring in the middle and so it could be portrait portrait of a gp for the guardian in the morning and then yeah something like the light aircraft crash in the afternoon so skill sets really broadening and you know forget not putting film in your camera you know um an, an athletics event those th those times are gone there was just no leeway to muck up so i did that for about <clears throat> for about a year and a half and then um 
I just realized I didn't want to be doing that. And I wanted to be in London and I got really discouraged from going to London. I rung several picture editors and they were like, Oh, it's all locked up here, mate. You know, no, there's no openings here. Go take yourself off to some region and start off there. And I thought, no, I don't really want to do that. So I ignored them. I took out um, a 15,000 pound loan and bought the first Nikon digital camera. And I actually took out a, a car. I, uh, I bought a car on finance on the same day. So those two finance agreements didn't see each other. And I sort of took a deep breath and turned up in London with no guarantee of work. And I guess I was like 25. Um, and um, I don't think I'd take that kind of risk now. You know, I sort of uh, I was like Kennedy here reporting for duty, you know, uh, and um, and basically, um, yeah. So it was um, it, it was kind of like quite a kind of uh, quite a full on kind of time. Um, but um, I think um, I learned loads, um, yeah, lo- loads of stuff along the way, really. Um, uh, how, uh, saying no to stuff is, is something that more recently, you know, I've been, um, I've been uh, realizing that is, is a really important thing. So um, just, it, you don't, you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. And I think that's really helped in the last five, 10 years, you know, um, basically, uh, in terms of, um, yeah, just, just saying no to stuff. You don't have to be like, Oh, hang on one second. Uh, Oh, what really shit job in Newcastle. Um, God. Yeah. You know, I spent years going, um, right. Okay. Let's mobilize, get to Newcastle. How do we get to Newcastle? Um, <clears throat> you don't necessarily need to do that. You know, maybe you do, but you know, there, there, there'll come times where you don't necessarily have to stick your hand up and do that. Um, and, um, another thing is, um, is, is outsourcing stuff, not, not doing everything yourself i've become a lot better at that you know i think you know we're all jack of all trades kind of master of none to a certain extent in those early few years and and i get it you have to be you know um i i, I mentor a few photographers now and and most of them when they kind of arrive with me you know they've got their laptop on their knees at midnight and they're editing and they've they've promised 80 shots retouched to the client you know and uh, and um, that's wrong on a lot of uh, on a lot of levels really it's you know they've gone out and done the job negotiated the fee you know over over offered to kind of try and clinch the deal and then they're what are they head retoucher as well as you know chief you know head of head of new business you know chief photographer etc etc so yeah so um so, so i think it's important once you have a bit of budget d- to be able to hand work out the things that you're not great at for me for example bookkeeping was one of the first things i was like, i'm not maths is not my strong suit you know i just I didn't love maths you know i as soon you know it used to be literally bottom of the pile actually sending out the invoices to try and get some money in you know which is super important you know and actually that was way down there on the bottom of the to-do list so as soon as i had enough cash. I, I got someone in to do that. And the, the, the same thing happens now with retouching. I don't do any of my own retouching. I'm not a retoucher. There's people that are much better at that. And and, and I get some of my retouching done in the Far East. And that happens while I'm asleep. And um, also that's a profit line for us. You know, I'm making some markup on that retouching. So that enables me to use some other people to help me in this mm-hmm. kind of quest and this the, the, this vocation, this career that I have, because I, I don't want to be doing everything myself and I shouldn't be really, you know. Mm. From a retouch point of view, do you how do you choose to do it? Do you kind of do a grade in capture and then send it out with the grade already applied to then go and have all the skin work and everything done on it? Or do you kind of have it done do you send them the raw with a guide grade or you know, how do you choose to do it? 
Yeah, I, I do exactly the first way that you said. I <clears throat> I do the grade as we go along. So most of the time I'm tethered, you know, so my camera's joined to my computer and three quarters of the time I'm in a studio environment. So I'll have a bigger monitor with me there. Um, and then I'll dial in the color grade using Capture One, which <clears throat> I'm sure you guys use and a lot of mm-hmm. your listeners use as well, you know, um, which has its uh, has its problems and limitations. But um, but but yeah, I, I dial my grade in there and then that's what the client sees, you know, if I feel like it blue in the shadows and a bit yellow in the highlights and really crunchy, then I want them to see that. That's an extension of my artistic kind of creativity with regard to how I saw the shoot, I think. So, um, yeah, so I lock that in and send that off quite right. Exactly as you say, as an EIP, mm-hmm. I send that off to the retoucher and then just give notes for anything else that might need to be might need to be done. So, yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Do you find yourself using the annotations much in Capture One on a completely geeky side note? Do you know, um, I I actually used it last week, drew all over. I sort of do a really bad kiddie scroll of a, of, of, a, <laughs> um, of where a masthead would be, uh, much to the client's surprise. But uh, I was also sort of blocking in where other hero lines of text could be, you know, on a, yeah. on a mock cover. But yeah, not, not enough is the answer. But yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I should use it more. Yeah. It's we do nice use feature. overlays, you know. Often we get a PDF overlay um, of of the of the masthead on a clear mm-hmm. layer, and then have that overlaid, so we can sort of check from a format point of view that we're leaving enough space and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's a super useful feature. Although I've always found it a little bit fiddly, like the way that you move the the yeah left scale a bit, left up, right, scale bit. down, <laughs> left a bit, right. It's a, a bit, bit yeah. it's a bit basic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a bit basic. Yeah. Capture. Yeah. I mean, if it's listening, sort it out. Capture yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> Capture one don't really care. This is the, this is the, this <laughs> is don't. what I've no. This is what I've learned is that all mm. these you know these companies they they seem to be and this is a bit of a side note they seem very much uh, trying to get as many people away from Lightroom mm. currently rather than dealing with kind of like the high end pro requests. Um, so yeah, that's just the frustration that I've got. But mm. they, but a load of the stuff's kind of outdated, like their watermark feature. Yeah. Again, and for some reason they hobbled it by taking the preview out. So now you have to export a file to check that it's right. Before, oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a, but and what li- about the? Um, can we just discuss how the new tools look? Although I might, I, I, I'm not. I it, mean, aren't they what, awful? What's, what's going on with these sort of uh, slightly comical? You know, to, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> I, screaming at Capture One. Where's my? I have I have a little thing called Q. I don't know if you have that. I've set everything up on Q. I know where everything is, and now Q's gone all a bit funny, and everything else is, I don't know. It's because they're trying to tie it in with the iPad and all that kind of malarkey. Mm -hmm. At no point have I ever gone, do you know what I need from Capture One? An iPad app. I've never (laughs) thought thought that. I've never gone, do you know what? I love my 30-inch Apple XDR, but do you know what I really want to edit on? An iPad. I've never had that. Never had that (laughs) feeling. So I'm sure there are some people who think editing on an iPad's a great idea, but... I've yet to meet one. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So, so is, is there is, is there on, anything no, no. else then that you've you've uh, lessons that you've kind of uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um um so it's okay to say no to stuff, super important. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, sometimes when you t- it can be very liberating when you turn some stuff down. Look, if you're kind of, you know, if, if you're grafting right now and you're listening to this and you're thinking, bloody hell, Dan, great. Yeah, so I'm in no position to be able to turn anything down. Maybe you're not right now, but um, it's important to have that as a seed in the back of your mind, I think. You know, I got mm. to the age of 35 and 
had a load of blood tests done for one thing or another. And my adrenal glands were sort of burnt out. And adrenal glands, they, they pump out cortisol to get you up in the morning and melatonin to put you to sleep at night. And I, I just burnt them out, you know, and that was from being like, yeah, great. Hang on one second. Yeah, great. Namibia. Yeah, I'd love to. Guys, we're flying at midnight, you know, woo, rock and roll. I loved it all. It was, it's amazing, you know, get four octaves up, four heads, four packs, you know, just like the, the whole kind of theatre and the the, the 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 accelerated element of it all. And mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't actually good for me, really. You know, I had had a lot of years doing that and, and loving it. And that I didn't think anything was wrong until, you know, until I realised that, you know, these adrenal glands were burnt. I had to have a an adrenal supplement from, orga- from an organic cow in New Zealand, if you were, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow that's uh, a proper, okay, three proper. months of that and my adrenal glands were built back up to normal so yeah so so that was just a sort of a little note uh, you know from the doc to say hey listen you know you don't have to kind of say yes to everything so i think yeah saying no to some things is really important and realizing that you can't do everything successfully really within the business you know a lot of a lot of business leaders say that you know if you're starting a business doing anything if you're the ceo at the top there's actually there should really be three roles beneath you sales tech and admin and you know photographers never think about things like this so if you're ceo of your business then who's doing the sales that's you going out and driving new business who's doing the tech checking that your capture one's up to date and wondering why you can't tether and who's doing your admin you know Mm -hmm. sitting there with your laptop on your knees at midnight sending off some invoices you're likely doing it all so it's you know if we started a business selling i don't know phone cases phone cases for you Dan, Tom, Greg's phone case emporium, you know, we, to make that successful, we might really ultimately need someone in sales who's going to sell these things. Someone in tech, you know, let's get the website looking sweet as, and we want all the right followers and stuff. And then who's doing our admin, sending out the orders, all of this stuff. So, yeah, so, so I think it took me a while to kind of come round to this. Um, but, but I've, I've done quite a lot of work, you know, on my own business and, 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 um, realizing that outsourcing things can, um, uh, can, um, can really make a difference, you know. When um, when you first started outsourcing and then obviously having to budget and charge that back to the client, how did you kind of approach that with maybe some of your regular clients and you kind of go, oh, guys, actually, you know, I'm not going to do the retouch anymore. This is how much it's going to cost. And sometimes they might just go, oh, shit, really? Is it, oh, how do we, you know, was there like a, like a way you kind of dealt with that or did you just be like, if you can't pay for a retouch, you know, you're out? Yeah, I think I just, I think I bit the bullet and I, I, I was, I think I'd realized quite early on, I wasn't making, I was, I, I wasn't offering, you know, 80 shots in the edit with a little cleanup on each, um, into the bargain. I never, I, I think I realized early on that that was too much of a, of a sell. So I, I, um, I I just yeah I think I I just sort of slowly did it really and just sort of um I, I just said um what we say now is oh we outsource retouching you know a cost of 150 pounds an image you know mm-hmm. um and then sometimes people will try and do a deal and you know we might do a deal if if it's you know if if we can claw some of the cost back another way you know on so so I, I didn't make I, I didn't um sort of make a, a blanket big announcement I just sort of I just sort of stated that that's the fact you know there's some other things we do now you know we work a standard eight hour shoot day you know mm-hmm. we need to me and the crew need to be fed and these are things that one of my producers will make sure they get across to the client way ahead of the shoot particularly if it's a client we haven't worked with before and um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we're sort of, we do this all with a very sweet smile, but um, this is after years of being on, then on a 10 hour shoot day with a, you know, with a pot noodle on a hillside or something. And it's, you know, so, I'd, I'd, you know, I, I like, I, I've made strides to sort of. Uh, but <laughs> pot noodle that. on a hillside. <laughs> are you having cold pot noodles or are you actually bringing a kettle out? Because if you bring a kettle out, you bring a generator. You know, I'm impressed with the level of kit you bring out just to get the pot noodle done. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got like a, a, yeah, I've got, I've got a really, a, a, like a really comfy sort of, um, you know, uh, soft sheepskin um, camping stool, you know, and then my, you know, the thermos pot noodle holder, you know, oh. with a beautiful vista. I mean, well, what, what could be better? <laughs> You're listening to The Exposed Negative, sponsored by Pot Noodle. <laughs> I wish. Oh, and mine, that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you send me some, please. Yeah. <laughs> what do you... Um, okay, so when, in terms of kind of running your business and stuff, you you know, you've bought in these these systems and what have you that you, you're talking about. Is there anything kind of hard and fast? Because those are nice examples that you've said, but we've myself and tom have you know talked on the show before about trying to get certain systems in place to help things run a bit smoother and just to stay organized because i find that that's one area where photographers really um fall down a lot of the time um obviously everyone has different strengths but there it, it can be hard to stay on top of things it can be hard to store information in a in an easily findable way you know just i guess it doesn't necessarily always um meld well with a kind of creative brain so if that's a fair thing to say i don't know do you have anything that you use basically that you found that really helps with your kind of day-to-day running of the business yeah i think you you know you 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 hit on a really um important point there and and i think most creatives are like a, a, a just a, a cluster of crazy habits that kind of is a is a this moving kind of ball of disorganization and um you know the, the flip side of that is that we hopefully have all this wonderful creativity that we kind of come up with and so we need to kind of you know hone it in and and um I often say to people who, you know, particularly the guys I work with on the mentoring scheme, you know, we've kind of got a devil on our left shoulder and a saint on our right. And, you know, the devil is often sh- shouting a lot louder than the, than the saint. And, and, and the, the, the brain is, you know, the, the, the mind is, is, is cheeky and it will just, um, you know, default you to the most kind of the most passive procrastinating tasks you can potentially do, you know, so you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sort of human nature. So it takes a lot. I think it takes a lot to sort of get hold of yourself. And I think I had a six or seven years ago, had a, like a, a, a sort of a defined time really where I was like, Oh my God, I'm kind of just, you know, I'm drowning in a sea of nothingness. I said, you know, the side output happens to be a load of creative work that I'm getting some nice comments about, but everything else just seems to be this sort of cloudy sort of clusterfuck of a, you know, <laughs> of, of a life. Not, it wasn't that bad, but so, um, so um, I actually work with a, I work with like a business mentor myself, actually, a, a, a brilliant guy who basically just sort of kind of kicked me up the ass a bit and also made me look at like my time, um, you know, how I'm running the first one hour of my day, which is sort of super crucial on a, on a non shoot day. I, I think this is hard as well, because, you know, we may, all of us, you know, may just suddenly get a job in 48 hours. That's going to mean you're, you're going to need to drop everything, you know? So having to go from having uh, routines to having no routines, is obviously, quite a big thing but mm. yeah i um i um i i have a virtual pa now who runs a lot of the the sort of 
just the, the sort of admin side of things. And then I have a producer who deals with the client side of things. So when we have a new business query, the producer will respond to that new business query. And then we get, sort of enter a pre-production phase and then the shoot happens and then the sort of the post-production. So I've got a bit of assistance with that. And so I guess the organization element is, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm up at seven every day. And if I'm not on a shoot day, then I'm kind of making sure I, move my body a bit do a bit of exercise and then um not tackle too much you know we've all got 80 things on our to-do list and you know you're likely just going to hop around that like mad and not and choose some of the nice magpie shiny objects not necessarily the things you want to be doing so i do like a um I do a, like a past year review in, in the first couple of days of January each year where I look at what happened. And so I look at the calendar and I look at um, positive kind of peaks. So I just make a list of anything that I think, oh, that was really cool. That shoot was amazing. And it earned me hardly any money, but the people were lovely. So that goes down in the positive comment co- mm-hmm. column, sorry. And then, um, you know, and I keep going down and then, um, and then I look through the calendar with, and, and do the same with negatives. Like, God, well, that in my mind was great, but actually it was shit. It was in Taunton. It pissed it down. And that client was actually a bit of a dick. So mm-hmm. that's in the negative. And then what I do is look at the top, sort of 20% of the positive as negatives. And I try and schedule more of the positives. And in the positives might be went to an amazing gig at the O2. Great. Well, let's schedule some more gigs in. And some of the negatives might be like, you know, yeah, shit job in Taunton, you know, so, um, you know, so, so um, let's make sure we don't do any jobs in Taunton. That was a, a real hassle getting down there. They were really pernickety. The art director, actually, now that I'm having this time out to stop and look at it, the art director was a nightmare. So no, mm-hmm. it's a no from now on. And so I, I, you know, I've said a lot of those no's and I've also scheduled in a lot of things. We go for, I take my, my lovely wife, Tony we go somewhere quite nice for dinner like once a month now and that comes it's really nice because we probably go to 12 really cool restaurants in a year and that comes as a result of actually sort of taking some time out and and thinking okay well let's schedule some more of the of the good things so I kind of there's a good framework for the year and then breaking that down into uh into into sort of day by day yeah the first I'm, I'm very aware of what I'm doing in the first hour and then straight after that um if I'm not on a shoot day I'll be working on what I know to be kind of the most important thing for that day really maybe that's some maybe that's a bit of creative research on a shoot that's coming up on friday and so i'll have a good clear one hour phone off door closed you know no distractions and i'll just go down that rabbit hole what do i really want to get on friday what am i using here am i going to use aries and constant light hang on a minute i made a great reference of uh, of the prephoto focus spot let's find that right let's go down a prephoto focus spot rabbit hole and let's screen grab the hell out of that and after an hour i've got some great ideas about what why reminding myself why i wanted to use the prephoto focus spot and what great things i might be able to do you know maybe you know maybe i was maybe I saw some leaves in a little autumn pool and the colors of the leaves in the water were pretty cool. So maybe I'll bring in the element of that leaf color. Maybe that's my background color and I'll have a background painted in the color of those kind of autumn leaves. Maybe I'll send the iPhone snap of the autumn leaves that I saw on a walk to the set designer and they'll paint the background that color and then I'll bring in the focus spot. And that's how, that's how that happened. If I'm kind of sort of like, you know, 
munching on my pret sandwich while chatting to my mate, while kind of trying to think about what I might do on Friday, it's not going to be good enough. You know, we've mm-hmm. got to be better than that. We, um, we're, we're, we're living in this world with so many distractions now. We're all addicted, you know, to our smartphones and things. So I think it needs that. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm quite regimented with my non-shoot time. You know, as I said, if the phone goes and suddenly, you know, we've got an A-lister in town on Thursday and we need to scramble, then great. You know, I'll actually be doing some of the similar things then going into my reference folder, looking at creative references and location references and dreaming up the best ideas that I can come up with. So mm-hmm. I'll still be doing that. But I think it's really, you know, I say to people, um, you know, that I've, that I've been working with on the mentoring scheme, you know, do you wake up on a Tuesday, you're standing in your pants, looking out the window and it's drizzling, you're holding a coffee. What do you do? What mm-hmm. do you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's new business day today. I'm going to go through that email list of people. Are, Actually, do you know what? I haven't seen Bob for ages. I'm going to call Bob and we're going to go, do you know, actually I've realized as I'm thinking that thought, I don't feel that great. I think I'm actually going to have a nap and then I'll wake up and then I'll sort of see how I feel. I mean, what do you do? What do you actually do? We are solopreneurs, you know, we don't, no one's taught us how to run these businesses that we Mm -hmm. run. So we need to really get hold of it and, and railroad our time a bit really. And I think that even though that maybe sounds a bit anal in some ways, I think the net result of that, certainly for me is that I'm getting to the end of weeks thinking, okay god i've achieved quite a lot i I, i'm really i'm just looking through these arry shots these um these pro photo focus spot shots and i'm really pleased that i used that i was a little bit unsure about it and i'm so pleased i went for the brown autumn leaf color and actually chucked a bucket of water over him at the end and he's sodden wet and that's a bit like what that picture of those leaves looked like anyway yeah i had a good week oh and we went out for a cracking dinner as well right let's hit the next week and that's Mm -hmm. i think you know that's kind of that's sort of how I roll now, but you know, I, I, it wasn't always like that. I was yeah. going to say that's quite a high level of self control. Because a thing for me, I'm like, oh, I'll do this, and then I'm like, oh, actually, that looks kind of interesting, and go off and exactly do what you've just said. But is there uh, actually? You know, it's quite funny. I started reading. Do you know Jocko Willink? I do. So, have you read his books? I haven't, but I've listened to a lot of his podcasts. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you know, he is kind of like the ultimate guy of self control. I, picture of a watch with some sweat drops at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> but i but i get uh i get distracted when reading his book which which is kind of like the most ironic thing and then i'm like oh, i'm gonna have a sandwich and they go no no jocko jocko wouldn't want me to have a sandwich so i'm trying to get better at it but yeah so if anyone does need it i think i can't remember what the book's called but it's yeah we'll put it in the show notes be more yeah, jocko be more yeah, it's not far off yeah <laughs> i think it's something like only you can do it or something Okay. I think yeah no I I hear you but I think you know I think you know people have to get a hold of themselves a bit really you've got it you know you want you know you're you know you're you're at the top of your game you guys and so staying that razor sharp and you know having that time to you know to really work on creative ideas think how good is the next best thing going to be I don't know mate I guess maybe for me it's a worry that I might just slip into you know the mayor of a kind of sort of a vanilla working life and I don't think I can afford to do that you know mm. I, like, there's there's too many people snapping at my heels there's you know we're we're in this constant and move evolving moving kind of vehicle ball of activity you know and I think you know to stay yeah to stay sharp and on it I think it takes that and I I, I think I, I think for me at the end of you know a, a bit more of a disciplined week I think I'm like woohoo let's get the beers in I've had a mm. great week because I feel I've had so many weeks where I am standing in my pants looking out the window thinking 
let's call Bob and go for a coffee. Oh, actually, hang on. I'm sure someone asked me. Oh, yeah, it was the um, CEO of a, of a very large company asked me to do a portrait. I knew I should have got back to them. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> so uh, specifically speaking then, I guess, you know, one thing is is how you – not only i guess communicate this because you know you're running a small company effectively with with as you said employees because you've got your producer and you've got kind of retouches that you work with and what have you what do you use is, is there any kind of software that you bought in to use that helps you kind of keep on top of stuff is there anything that you have found works for you in terms of communicating with people or keeping calendars or you know a crm to keep your database is there any systems that you've brought into place that you found have been really helpful yeah, I mean, we use quite a few different systems. I suppose we use one called Asana to communicate. Do either of you guys heard of Asana? I've heard of it, but you don't, don't use it because I tend to be. Yeah, so we band. have like a, a you'd stick a job in. So the way we use it is we put the client and the, and then who the talent is and then the date uh, as an entry and then any chat about that job and any any um, attachments go into that kind of. It's almost like each list line has a bin almost, and then. Mm. Uh, and then you can name people, and so my my PA and my um, <clears throat> my producer are both, um, you know, you know, I can just t- tick whoever's kind of head of that task, um, mm-hmm. and then everything to do with that job is in that bin. So let's say there's a mood board from the client, you know, and then there's some chat about costs, um, and so everything is is in there, and and um, and so yeah, that's super helpful. And um, I. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, I can click on an, an inbox kind of icon there, and it and I can see exactly what's happened because communication then gets a bit tricky. You know, you've got to be on that as well. I I used to suffer with my with my first producer from some, what I called open loops. So I'd be sort of sitting there driving home, thinking, "Fuck, did you go back to Shirley? Oh my god, that's super important." You know, and then I pick up the phone. God, did you go back to Shirley? Said, yeah, yeah, I went back to Shirley. I I cc'd you, and oh god, sorry, I've I've only just finished the shoot. I didn't get a chance to look. You know, and then. Right. You know, so it was that that's um, I went through a whole iteration of being like that. Whereas now with Asana, you can just click on the inbox and I can see, you know, did this quote go out? Yes, it did. What happened with regard to this job? Dates been pushed forward a week. These two assistants and your Digitech is confirmed for the job on Friday. I can just read through that list and then we don't need to have any more chats about it. I just need the the top line and those loops are kind of closed, you know, so, Mm. yeah. It's that like, makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think I'm, you know, sometimes I'm super busy. Um, you know, we've just had a couple of key art jobs in, in two in two weeks, and there's a lot of moving parts in those, and there's um a lot of things to um yeah, a lot of organization to be done and some outside help as well. So there's mm-hmm. been loads of communication for you know a, a small amount of photography in some ways but then now we're going through a little quieter period so it's not like i'm always kind of crazy busy but these things are make, make a sort of a really big difference so yeah yeah definitely mm. and then the re- retouching wise we just use dropbox and my archive from the retoucher lives in dropbox and so then if people are asking for uh you know sort of like archive shots from the last year or two then we can just send links out rather than me going shit i'm sure we had a I'm, did a did i shoot keanu reese i can't remember <laughs> and if i did where the hell uh, open spotlight uh search keanu uh keanu underscore reeves um, uh, keanu <laughs> yeah. one two three um cool keanu it must be <laughs> cool keanu. a few years of doing that Does that's anyone else uh, uh, sympathize with me mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they do <laughs> No, I'm I'm like militant about my file naming, so I kind of know. But when in the in the Dropbox, that's obviously different from the archive. So uh, yeah, 
we have everything obviously kind of uh, probably backed up multiple times over, but with the, how do you then, you obviously have the, the finish fast and the retoucher on the Dropbox so you can share the links, but I assume you also bring them over so they're backed up on the, on the hard drives and the servers or however you have it set up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not. I'm not overly complex in, in that respect. My really good mate of mine who uh, who who lives in LA sort of goes down the. Uh, I, I shouldn't laugh. But I end up laughing at sort of all his the 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 complexity of his backup strategies. You know, for, for about ten years it was Drobo this and Drobo that, and and then he's uh, gone through what's this other one Synology, and then he's gone through the the mother of all Synology setups at tens of thousands of dollars, and then yeah. God, I don't know anyone <laughs> like that. Yeah, who, who would do that? Uh, oh. Oh my oh. god! What what a nerd! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Um, yeah so no i keep i keep things i keep things much more simple actually um i just um yeah i i um i just use chronosync to to do some backing up and then have um and then i have raided drives you know back in the studio you know yeah i mean here's the thing as long as it's backed up you know it's fine it's that's, fine no that's just cool. don't don't get tom talking about backup no i'm not going to talk about storage <laughs> anymore greg what, what's your rough setup tom no i said oh, don't i said don't <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a RAID 5 array, uh, but the, I have two RAID 5 arrays uh, in the office, uh, one of which is, you know, the top of the line Synology thing that you were talking about, but it's Thunderbolt, it's Thunderbolt connected. So I'm getting kind of two and a half gig a second read-write to it, which is pretty quick. Wow. Uh, and then I have a similar thing off-site, and then I have a, now a cloud backup as well. So wow. it's, Yeah. And with the cloud backup out of interest, are you um, are you sending every file from every job up there? No. So basically, currently, I live in the countryside, so I, I'm not on ultra-fast broadband yet. I'm on super-fast. So I am sending the, the layered TIFFs and the finished TIFFs and the JPEG files. Uh, raw files are just on the physical backups. Uh, and it, but hopefully, in the next six months, I'm getting ultra-fast, and then everything will go to the cloud video everything wow and, mm. and will, that'll happen overnight will it not far off i figured out so i've got like a 65 terabyte archive uh and i think it'll take about a month and a half maybe two months to to upload which is currently better than the six and a half years it will currently take me so it's yeah wow yeah it's quite a lot faster mm. but i'm gonna get 900 down 900 up yeah proper i can't wait i'm so excited like properly warm cables running underneath your house yeah you well to put the heating on yeah i was gonna say something's <laughs> got to heat it you seen the cost of living <laughs> so yeah. okay so you, that's that's uh it's good to know about the the uh asana and things like that i I personally have not heard uh of that and i will we'll put a link in the show notes to it i mean i'm I'm, you're probably getting the sense anyway from our conversation. I'm very much the um, the dummy in our duo when it comes to the tech <laughs> side of things. He's more um, the, he's more the artist, and I'm uh, I'm more the I'm more the nerd. We've 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 tried to play to each other's strengths and weaknesses, don't we? How do you <laughs> how do you keep in touch? How do you how do you keep up to date with with jobs and stuff? Then, Greg, if you've been if you know if it's you invoicing for a job that you did a couple of weeks ago and trying to remember whether you pick some color armor up for that job or not do you have a you just I, keep a i try you know, and so i use we both use notion now for kind mm -hmm. of our to-do lists and i have my kind of contact database in there and my equipment database and everything in there so and that's been revolutionary because you know with the equipment database for example you know i can have 
a serial number i can have the receipts and you know this is something that tom kind of drummed into me and walked me through basically but to have all of that in one place you know and, and a rental cost next to something so that i can actually you know tick a box and say right we're using that on the shoot and therefore i can directly show the client what that will cost if they choose to go that route um that's been massively helpful i think keeping on top of things uh such as um those extra things on shoots i do find that tricky you know i i tend to use google sheets for my kind of um uh kind of keeping spreadsheets somewhere in a, in a place where i can share with my agent um but you know and, and software for accounting and what have you but yeah it is always difficult because as you start to use one system and then somebody will introduce you to something else that's a bit better or a bit different and then you find yourself spending a long time trying to learn how to use this new bit of software um, that is that is why notion's good it's because notion if, if you have you i mean not to get this kind of like you know rerouted slightly but notion's great because it's basically a blank bit of software you can build your own databases into so i've seen it i i, I, I love a rabbit hole you know i've got oh. keep myself on these railroads but yeah i went down the whole rabbit hole of moving from evernote to notion and uh, uh and um yeah just sort of uh, had a had a sort of a pleasure pain afternoon of wondering whether i should <laughs> ship everything out because actually i remember when evernote came out you know it sort of build as your second brain you could take a mm -hmm. picture in, with the evernote app on your phone of a wine bottle and it would you know it would read the word chateau and then you could search chateau on your on your iMac and up would come the, the 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 picture fantastic i think evernote now is clunky as hell it's, it's it feels like it's really well, also, struggling and, and and actually i think you know i've, I've got it open now I have, how many thousands of i've got something like yeah 2400 notes in there and it is like my second brain you know any and, and i spent a lot of years just dumping things in there knowing you know well hoping presuming that they would all be in there and of course they haven't necessarily kept up kept up the you may, maybe the iterations and the advancement of the software. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be the product it was. And I think when you, you know, when you, when you commit to something, so, you know, hence me looking at moving over to Notion because then I'm like, oh God, you know, can I still access everything in Evernote, you know? Yeah, I guess if you, you there's always a danger you put all your eggs in one basket and then they get bought by another company and then right. they stop stop doing any developments or updates yeah. and you just <laughs> yeah right, I do yeah. kind of I do kind of feel with Notion we're kind of in that honeymoon period before they kind of do the whole subscription kind of killing model that Evernote bought in and you go oh god really another one great wicked but kind yeah, of currently yeah notion notion for me is well to quickly go back to uh to greg when we were talking about the equipment list for example down at the bottom you can have you can see how many record records you be you can basically sum up each uh kind of column in the in the database so you can see right okay i have 300 bits of kit they're currently worth 78 grand right well my insurance for the year i've been over insuring so I don't need to do it. I don't, so it, it's ended up saving me probably a couple of hundred quid a year because I was over-insuring because I was just like, I don't know, what, 100 and, 140? Oh, I don't know. Um, and actually, no, much less. So, That's great. Yeah, yeah it's quite a really neat good. way of doing it, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm just, I mean, we're, we're big fans of Notion. So, you know, we would wholeheartedly recommend it. And that is a good rabbit hole to go down. Maybe I could lose another afternoon and export this... Um, darn database from evernote and get it into notion you know? yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe that's a christmas holidays job you know Exa exactly <laughs> <laughs>
well whilst, whilst we're talking about um kind of you know the, the the way that things these things change so rapidly i mean that brings us on quite nicely to our uh, next question which is you know we're nearing the end of our chat but what i wanted to ask you kind of what your uh thoughts were on the on the kind of future of photography because obviously um you know we we're we're constant we, we spend all this time trying to stay afloat and run our businesses and figure out more efficient ways to run our businesses and sometimes you just kind of get caught in the moment of, of dealing with the day-to-day and the kind of firefighting and also kind of trying to organize diaries and etc 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 and every now and again i think it's really useful to just take a step back and say well actually where do i see things going in five years where where do i want to be in 10 years and i think at the moment in photography that's a really interesting question and kind of slightly terrifying question in some ways uh, with regards to ai and 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 how things are developing well i guess we just wanted to know if you had any thoughts on that or what your kind of idea of the future of photography was and where you thought it was going yeah i mean a really important question that i think we're that, that we're all constantly mulling over as well as talking about and um and i think you know i do a lot of work for magazines and you know it, it's essentially a bit of a race to the to the bottom you know I, I was paid very handsomely by some magazines when i first arrived in london to um uh you, you know to to do kind of buyout photo shoots where they owned the rights and you know they were paying really handsomely and um <clears throat> you know i was recently commissioned by a uh, what i thought was a magazine but it turned out to be a publishing group and they were we were actually doing shots for three different publications on the same day even though it was a it wasn't even a full day shoot but there was such a rigorous shot list and these three were going to this magazine and these three were going to another and it really made me think wow you know certainly as well as the titles uh, that have closed you know in the last few years that have you know that 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 we've kind of all, all sort of been aware of so i'm under no <clears throat> illusion that, that 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 is happening and i think um yeah, I, I think, you know, the wider question of evolution as well, just with regard to business, you know, imagine if you were, I don't know, you work for a mineral water company and, you know, all of your mineral waters in plastic bottles and you're probably having crisis meetings right now thinking, guys, we've got to think of another way to to, to present people with, with water. It was all fine. You know, the same with film, you know, imagine being at Kodak and suddenly the you know, the, 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 the crates and crates of, you know, the pallets of film leaving the, the, the factory are dwindling by the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, so I think change is always upon us, isn't it? Um, and, and I think we need to be at peace with that a bit, really. Um, I think, you know, and I, I think the, you know, the change with phones is, is both, you know, nerve wracking and exciting at the same time. I think, you know, I recently had a, I, I I shot a book and um, I, I did some portraits of a celebrity um, for for their book and then, and the art director messaged me and said oh you know um, have you got some sort of really nice kind of nature kind of shots that we could use as fillers and I was like no I, I don't have those and I scrolled further down into the bottom of the email and she'd actually screen grabbed us and very nicely presented a selection of my instagram pictures that i'd just taken on various kind of morning strolls and uh, mm. and presented to me uh yeah this really nice pdf and i sort of looked at it and thought oh god that is actually my work so i i sort of do have <laughs> some rather nice pictures of uh some some nice countryfied scenes or some leaves in a puddle whatever it may be um and uh, they were all shot on my iphone and in fact some of the, they ended up using some of them and some of them were big enough to use in the book so note to self daniel don't go out on your morning stroll without your nice little rico gr2 
don't take mm-hmm. your iPhone, you know. Um, uh, uh, but uh, but maybe do take your iPhone because they're kind of okay. And you know, it's about my eye, isn't it? And what I saw and how I, you know, how I chose to 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 push the button. So I think you know, as I'm sure was the same with with you guys. You know, um, not that long ago we were all super specialists and uh, what we do, and now everyone has a phone in their pocket. You know, I was speaking to a model last week who um, had posted a picture of herself shot by another photographer. And I recognised the photographer's name. And I said, oh, that was some nice pictures uh, that, that, you know, that you posted. She said, oh, well, I went to his home studio. Yeah. And he just used um, he he just used Facetune to to adjust the uh, to to adjust the photo and then just just sort of posted it from there. Uh, And I was just really shocked, you know, Um, and um, yeah, just to amazing wow. that, that, that that can kind of happen and, and and actually i looked back at the picture and it was quite a nice black and white shot that didn't look overworked really yeah but that's that was just his workflow he was like well it's just being banged up on here kind of really shocking so um so so i think um we we all have to pivot you know we need to pivot we need to be aware of the of this rolling beast that's moving and and looking uh, and mm. looking at new opportunities and thinking you know we we i think we were probably hopefully all three of us and everyone else listening was born with a with an eye you know we've got this you know this eye to see things you know um and uh, and basically you know we can choose these moments um uh, to um to you know to capture uh you know to capture uh, hopefully amazing images um so i think we you know we can still stand head and shoulders at, um uh, uh, above and it just maybe might take um you know a different um a, 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 just a different quarter turn for us to to decide how we're going to present that you know mm-hmm. i've been looking at nfts as i'm sure you guys have and um also uh, um the way some other photographers have pivoted um i used to share a studio with a brilliant photographer called tim brett day who um had a, a, an amazing career um as a as a fashion photographer really and he's repurposing a lot of his work as nfts now and he's represented himself as an artist and not only um is he having some having success but he's really enjoying it as well mm-hmm. and he's going out to gallery openings he's really amazing immersed in the photography as art scene and, and loving it. And he's, he, he was an artist anyway, but he he's now a, an artist in more of the truer sense of the word. And um, I'm also struck by Levon Biss's work. I don't know Levon, but um, I've just seen how he's kind of pivoted to become, uh, you know, a very uh, sort of close up macro photographer taking these absolutely jaw droppingly beautiful images of insects, uh, which to me are just so fascinating and fantastic. And I see him having shows across the world and you know i saw a picture yesterday of one of these images printed god it must be you know five feet wide by yeah. five feet fantastic you know he's mm. he's not worried about what, what's going on with the magazines and some you know someone's hopefully walking past a beautiful picture of a bug's eye and buying it for a very large amount of money to have on their wall so i think we need to you know rethink sometimes about um outlets for our work and always have that at the back of our mind um and um and yeah and and thinking about diversifying as well and i think we you know we would always need to have been doing that you know mm-hmm. and, and now so just as much as ever mm. and i think actually what you're saying there about the kind of the, the art director asking about and presenting your pictures back to you that's a that's a good example of actually in the future where ai would be super useful because you know potentially being able to say quick in a, a quick command and say search my entire archive find images that match this this and this and this and i know obviously you can already do that to a certain extent but it's not particularly user-friendly but you have to 
remember that what we're every time we're capturing images, we're actually potentially capturing, uh, you know, something that could be monetized. You know, mm. and and our archive is important. And you know, we've we've discussed this before on the pod. We've talked to people about NFTs, but also you know, what the future of blockchain tech is going to have in terms of being able to license images, you know? Right. Are you, are you going to be able to license images in a fairer way? Are you going to be able to license them through micropayments, but in a way that's, you know, defined by clicks rather than by, oh, this is for a billboard versus this is for social, in inverted commas, you know? And so I think it's important to kind of keep optimistic about where tech will will take things as well as the kind of, oh, God, we're all going to be replaced by computers definitely yeah Yeah, definitely yeah no definitely absolutely i think yeah very well said Uh, absolutely okay so we uh are conscious we've taken up quite a bit of your time so i I just want to ask our final question that we always ask guests which is is uh our little desert island that we're sending you to um we're keen to know what would you be taking as your let's start with your desert island camera to start with Hmm. Well, I think my Desert Island camera um, would be a Nikon FM2 um, because that was the first camera I got <clears throat> as a staff photographer. Um, mm-hmm. Mine, actually, I still have it, actually, my my first one, and it has a dent in it. It's covered in dust, but it's got a dent in it. I can't remember how I dented it somewhere, somewhere in Great Yarmouth, probably, but um, <laughs> it was just, you know, built like a brick shithouse, mm-hmm. and um, it was just great. So simple and so reliable, and, um, yeah, just really... I just, I think I had a great time, you know, using that and getting the feel for film, you know, having the intuition to know to just sort of bounce a bit of light behind me, or maybe this just needed to open up half the stop here. And just that whole, yeah, it was like a, yeah, it was like a dark art, right? And, um, mm. you know, I think, you know, I, I had to be very good at it because I was shooting five rolls of film a day. So me and my FM2 were you know, we were like this. Your buddies. <laughs> and so I think I think um I think I'd take the trusty FMT. Uh, so there's something quite nostalgic, isn't there, about a, a camera that is mechanical and has moving parts, you know, especially as we get more and more towards just literally a lens and a and a and a, and a sensor. You know, there's 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 something about that kind of feeling the clicking under your fingers and feeling things move and and kind of having something that is a, a tool and in in theory you could take apart and fix yourself, although I would never want to take take part. In it, no, definitely, it. yeah, simple. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and so, what about your book? What would you be taking as your photo book to this desert island? Photo book. I think I would take um, Avedon's in the American West. Um, mm-hmm. I just love the simplicity of it. I love the idea of travelling, you know, with a bit of white sheet and um, not not necessarily the large format element. Although, you know, I think that would be that would be awesome, but. Um, yeah, I, I just love that book. I, I love Avedon's work. I love, uh, I love the sort of the journey element. Um, I love the the you know the not knowing element as well. Um, just uh, I, I did did a little trip to Berlin, just where I took a I took a Hasselblad five hundred three cm and some rolls of film and just stuck a bit of background paper up on a wall and stopped some people that went past and you know it was really it was a real mix of feelings doing that sometimes mm-hmm. it felt awkward to stop the people sometimes they looked at me a little bit strangely not many said no um i chose who i wanted to stop for yeah. visual reasons and then i shot a whole raft of different people and even though it wasn't all 
wonderful and enjoyable. It was slightly nervy. I was pleased with the results, and I posted mm-hmm. a screen grab of um, <clears throat> of uh, photo mechanic showing three by four rows um, on my Instagram. And in fact, that was one of the first jobs I did for the Sunday Times because the Sunday Times photo director had seen that and thought, hmm. Wow, that's quite interesting. So mm-hmm. that was an example of sort of getting off your ass and going doing something self-generated. But I think maybe that was um, maybe that was uh, inspired by Avedon and the, mm. the the American West. I, I also really love the work of Platon as well, who I'm sure you you both know. But just oh yeah, shooting with one shoot through Broly ab- above the 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 lens and just removing um the lighting element you know mm-hmm. often i've got four or five or seven lights on the go and we've got a lot of moving parts you know n- metaphorically and and physically and how nice in some ways to just let's just use a simple shoot through let's remove lighting totally mm-hmm. and let's just let's just make something happen between me and the subject and i imagine avidan was very much like that as well when he brought in two old farmers in front of the sheet or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah so that would be the work that i would sort of sit on my hammock and look through I Thing, you know yeah <laughs> yeah rum cocktail in hand you know <laughs> <laughs> sounds ideal excellent Delightful. well if uh, if people want to find out more dan where's where's good for them to go i know that you do a bit of mentoring and you've you've got a kind of online presence so where would you want people to head yeah sure you can follow me on instagram dan kennedy uh dan kennedy photo i think um uh, my website's danielkennedy.com um and i do yeah i work with a few photographers um who are really keen on sort of accelerating their journey on the mentoring scheme which is um you can find out more about that at uh, dankennedyacademy.com excellent excellent well thank you so much for coming on today that's a pleasure guys lovely to talk to you no likewise thank you very much for taking the time really appreciate it Thank you very much for listening to the latest episode. Uh, If you'd like to read more about the episode or see the show notes, you can go over to the website, which is exposednegative.com. And to get in touch with us, there's a myriad of options. So you can either email us at info at exposednegative. You can follow us on Instagram at xnegative. We're on Twitter as well. But also, if you'd like to follow us personally, I mean, why wouldn't you? We're at at tombarns.com. That's D-O-T-C-O-M. And we're at Greg Fennell which is G-R-E-G, obviously, uh, F-U-N-N-E-L-L. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, uh, well, we won't see you on the next one, but hopefully you enjoy listening to it.